Well, welcome to the April podcast, where we'll highlight the latest papers in cytokine signaling and IL-6 biology. Now, all the content discussed is available in more detailed slide format at cytokinesignaling.com, which is our free resource website, and I'd urge you to go and take a look. Now, for April, three papers have been added to the CSF website, and I'd like to highlight two of these in this podcast. Now, the first paper looks at the 2016 update of the ULAR recommendations for the management of rheumatoid arthritis, and the lead author here is Professor Joseph Smolin from Vienna. And this update is based on three systematic literature reviews and expert opinion and comprised four overarching principles and 12 recommendations compared with 14 that were offered in the 2013 version of this document. Now, the recommendation's primary purpose is to inform about ULAR's most recent consent of rheumatoid arthritis with the aim of attaining the best outcomes with current therapies for the maximum number of patients. Now, all DMARD types, CS DMARDs, biologic DMARDs, TS DMARDs, and biologic synthetic DMARDs have been addressed, and there's also a consideration of cost aspects within the analysis. Now, this is an extensive document, and I propose only to offer you a very brief summary in this podcast. As a first up, the, the strategy that the, the task force recommends is the use of methotrexate plus short-term glucocorticoids, aiming for greater than 50% improvement within three months. And the, the target attainment could, could be remission or at least low disease activity achieved within six months. Now, of note, the recommendations have been adjusted with respect to the use of targeted synthetic DMARDs. So if treatment target is not achieved with the first conventional synthetic DMARD, when poor prognostic factors are present, adding a biologic or targeted synthetic DMARD would be the reasonable approach. The current practice is generally to start a biologic DMARD. Now, when patients are unable to use conventional synthetic DMARDs as co-medication, IL-6 inhibitors and targeted synthetic DMARDs may have some advantages over other biologic DMARDs because they have optimal responses in the monotherapy environment. And if treatment with a biologic DMARD or targeted synthetic DMARD fails, any other biologic DMARD or targeted synthetic DMARD is recommended. If a patient is in sustained remission, biologic DMARDs can probably be tapered. Now, the second paper I want to highlight is a review of the emerging safety profile of JAK inhibitors in rheumatic diseases. And the lead author here is Professor Kevin Winthrop, who has great expertise in this area. Now, the review discusses the current understanding of the safety of JAK inhibitors, including an overview of the change in laboratory parameters, infection, malignancy risks associated with each JAK inhibitor compound that one might encounter in daily practice. There's also discussion of the adverse event profiles and cellular changes characteristically seen with each JAK inhibitor, as well as the overlap or differences between the various compounds studied. Now, a summary of what, again, is a very extensive review, the relative specificity shown by each JAK inhibitor for the different JAKs do not always predict or explain the differences, or for that matter, similarities in cellular changes observed between compounds. The authors have highlighted that apart from tofacitinib, data concerning safety on JAK inhibitors are limited. But despite any differences in selectivity, herpes zoster risk seems to be increased by most, if not all, compounds. Other than this viral signal, safety data so far reported are similar to those of most other biologics with which we as rheumatologists are more familiar. 
It's recognised that although no malignancy signals have been found to date, long-term data will be required. And many of the adverse events seen for JAK inhibitors, including uh, herpes zoster and opportunistic infections, are preventable through screening, vaccination or laboratory monitoring. Therefore, JAK inhibitors remain a very promising class of oral therapeutics, but one about which we have to continue to be very vigilant. Now, we did put a third paper onto the website in April, and this one discusses the patient-reported benefits seen with cerilumab in TNF inhibitor inadequate responders with moderate to severe RA in the 24-week target randomized controlled trial, and I, I commend that to you for your own reading. And finally, please don't forget that all of the materials that I've discussed are available in the publications section of the cytokinesignaling.com website.